Good morning, everyone, or not so everyone, but hi, everyone at home. This is the section for our corporate prayer, so let's pray together. Lord God Almighty, this morning we bow down before you and bring our hearts to you to honour, praise and worship you. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In you we move and have our being. Lord, you are a good God and your mercy endures forever. We give you thanks for your amazing eternal plan that has included setting us free from sin and evil. Thank you, Lord, that you are ever-present and always attentive to the prayers of your children. We want to see, hear and know you better. Help us to recognise your presence in our lives. We confess that we are lost without you and need you in our lives. Therefore, guide our lives, we pray, that we might be all that you have called us to be. We praise you for your glorious grace, for the free gift of life we have in Jesus. Praise you, Lord. You have brought your people peace as you promised you would. You are our God and we give you praise. May your word fill our spirits with your presence and let us walk through through life holding on to your hand. Lord, we ask for more of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you for the truth given through your holy word. Teach us to become more reliant on you. Bring us into a greater discernment of your ways so that we may come into a deeper understanding that all we see with our natural eyes is not all that there is. Open our eyes and our hearts, Lord, to your ways. Lord, it can be easy for us to be consumed with the worries that surround us in life. But we know that just as your eye is indeed on the sparrow, so also do you care for and see us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this day. Lord, we know that despite all of the stresses and chaos of this world, you indeed see us and care for us. Bless us that we might bless others. We invite you to come into the centre of our lives, that you might be glorified and lifted up. You, O Lord, are our everything, and we need you to guide our thoughts, words and plans, so that we might honour you with all that we say and do. Your name be praised always, the all-powerful name of Jesus, in whose name we pray for all things. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to pray. We are a praying church. We pray because we know that God is present and powerful, that he loves and cares for us. And uh, I have a, a testimony that I'd like to, to share now. So from one Stuart to another Stuart uh, is going to come up here on stage. What a team. Fantastic. But uh, I was aware of this testimony and I'm aware that this might even embarrass me, but I'm willing to be embarrassed for the sake of uh, for God being praised. So um, I just wanted to get Mike up here because uh, Mike has a testimony about answered prayer and just wanted to do that not only as a reason for praying and an encouragement that we should be uh, seeking prayer for one another but also as a bit of an introduction to the word this morning as we're going to be focusing on prayer. So Mike, would you just share your, your testimony? Thanks. Don't worry, Sam. <laughs> Several weeks ago, I was... <laughs> can you repeat that? You might embarrass him better than I can. <laughs> oh, okay. 
several weeks ago I was working out the back here and I uh, s- slipped arm over turkey down the embankment. My left leg ended up back up here somewhere and I badly sprained my groin, my hip and my knee. In fact, I've got an artificial right knee and I thought the left knee was about to become its twin brother. I managed to scramble myself up the hill after about five minutes time taken to get up, got in my car and I drove home and limped around the house for a couple of days, feeling sorry for myself. I came to church the next Sunday and uh, Jo saw me limping and she said, oh, what have you done? So I told her and she said, would you like me to pray for you? And I said, I'd love you to. So she prayed for me, specifically naming the three areas that I had the injury. The next day when I woke up, I I estimate I was about 70 or 80% pain-free. The following day I woke up without any pain whatsoever. In fact, I came down here and spent the next couple of days climbing up a 12-foot ladder, painting the (laughs) fascia out here. (laughs) Now, any of you who have had injuries to two or three parts of your body knows that they don't all heal together. They all heal over a period of time. So I want to praise God for healing me through these things. And now Joe was so compassionate, uh, except for one thing, and that was I said, I think I might put in a workers' compo claim, and, claim, and she said, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, I don't need to put in that claim so you can rest in peace. <laughs> so I praise God. <laughs> oh, thank you. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, and if, if any of you... Uh, also have have answered to prayer. We we just want to uh, be be sharing all that God's doing amongst us um, as we as we gather together. Uh, the thing that Mike left out of that, I'm going to say it, was that he came the day after he'd hurt himself and he was limping. Oh, the same. Oh, it, it was the same day. I was working the office and he was limping around and I didn't notice that he was limping. And uh, he he said to me. Your wife noticed that you were limping, but you didn't notice that I was limping. I was going to say, I had my eyes on things above and not on... No, it's just... Yeah, story, there you go. <laughs> so you can pray for your pastor to be more compassionate. That'll be, that'll be good. Uh, we are continuing our... Our message series, uh, Be Anxious for Nothing, comes out of uh, Philippians 4, a very, very famous verse. Uh, we're up to week four in this, this series, and I think it's quite a timely series, uh, not only in the world around us as we, as we see anxiety on the rise, as we see mental health on the rise. Um, I know for me personally, uh, as trying to, to lead the church through transition, through uh, COVID through uh, change, uh, anxiety comes upon uh, leaders. And so this for me has also been an encouragement and really uh, p- preaching out of my own experience. Um, you might have similar feelings in your life. You might be feeling anxious, you might be feeling down, you might be feeling uh, useless. Uh, let this be an encouragement to you that if you feel useless, that there's actually a lifeguard working at the Olympic swimming pool. <laughs> Why you need a lifeguard for professional swimmers, I don't know, but there you go, that might encourage you. But no, in all seriousness, 
many people are suffering right now, and, and I think most of the biggest battles happened in our minds, don't they? Uh, not in our physical world, uh, although those are real. Uh, most of our biggest battles are the battles that we don't see and the battles that other people don't see. In fact, sometimes we even like to hide uh, the fact that we are struggling. We, we might be trying to show that we're strong, but really inside we're weak. might be trying to show that we're confident when really we're afraid. We might be trying to put on a happy face when really inside we are hurting. And so we want to talk about uh, what the Bible speaks about being anxious and about uh, how to, to come to the Lord in that. And I'm aware that um, I'm a pastor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a, a medical doctor, and there are cases and uh, scenarios where uh, I can't p- prescribe medicine to you, for example. Uh, I can't uh, sit down with you with a professional uh, psychological understanding. I come from a spiritual side when I talk about anxiety and when we've been preaching about it, but I just want to acknowledge the fact that uh, I know uh, for many people with anxiety, it's a, it's a real thing, and to seek the other professional holistic approach help that, it, that there is out there. So we are looking at Philippians chapter 4. Let's read it again and be reminded of it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the God of peace will be with you. And we've been looking over this passage over the last four weeks and we've been drawing out uh, particular themes within Paul's writing here. Uh, The first week we spoke about the fact that in our anxiety we need to know that the Lord is near. And we're going to be coming back to that at the end of this uh, sermon this morning. Uh, That the Lord is near, that whatever you're going through, that he longs to show you that he is with you and that let that be an encouragement to you. And then we talked about how we need to have good perspective when looking at our anxiety, our troubles and our worries, that it should be seen through the lens of the gospel and what he has done for us uh, and to be praising him with thanksgiving, it says there in the middle, for what he has done. So allow that uh, perspective to shape uh, a, a better picture of what is actually really happening. And then last week online during lockdown, we talked about do not be anxious. Uh, Why? Because it's not God's plan for you. Uh, When we are anxious, we become debilitated. Uh, We become uh, immobilized. We become uh, uh, held down and and in bondage to that fear. And that's not what God wants for us. Uh, He wants us to to live in the, the blessing and all that he has for us. So therefore, do not be anxious about anything. And then this week... We're going to be looking at the line, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We're going to be talking about praying. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, pray. 
Uh, last week I talked about the analogy of if we see a warning light go on on the dashboard of our car, uh, that is a warning light that something is wrong. And we don't, uh, in that situation, think, oh, I'm going to f- fix it myself. We take it to the mechanical, we take it to the manufacturer, really, uh, who knows and who made the car. And it's the same when it comes to our anxiety in our life. When we feel anxious, it's a warning light. It's a sign that we should take it to the manufacturer, take it to God in prayer. For he knows us and he made us. And therefore, uh, he knows our makeup and he knows what needs to happen. So anxiety is a signal alerting us that it's time to take that to God in prayer which is why Paul says in every situation, in every situation, no matter how big or how small, uh, take it to God in prayer. Now, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. If it's on your mind, then I want to say it is on God's heart. But how do we pray? Uh, as a as a youth pastor um, growing up, I, I often had this question, uh, particularly from young people, young Christians. They, they might, for example, uh, have an ex- example of people who are really strong prayer warriors, and that can be in- intimidating, can't it? When you're in a room and someone's just scriptures just coming off the top of their tongue and they're using these big words and they're just going for it really hard. And if you're a young, new Christian, you sort of look at that intimidated and go, well, is that how you pray? Is that what I need to do to pray? Um, how do I pray? Are there, are there rules to it? And what, what happens? Um, I came across this video about a, a great example of prayer. And uh, kids, if you're watching online, this might be uh, worth watching for you too. But particularly, it's a great prayer for some of you parents who've had to uh, school during lockdown. So let's have a look at this prayer. Sorry? Ah, it's all right. We, we won't look at that video. That's fine. It's a, it's a very funny video. Maybe I'll put it up on, on our Facebook page afterwards. But you might think, are there rules? Are there rules to prayer? So I've come up with some rules that I've, I've come across in my understanding of um, leading people in prayer. So here's some correct rules for praying. Uh, you, you must be on your knees when you pray or it doesn't work. Uh, you, you have to have your eyes closed, okay? There's no peeking when you pray. Um, and you must use the fa- word Father every two or three words. Ever been around someone who prays like that? Yes, Father, to be Father, the respirator, Father. Um, and it must include at least one old English thou or art. <laughs> and you must have spoken to all members of the Trinity in one sentence in part of your prayer. Now, of course, I'm joking there. Uh, some, some, some people feel like maybe that's, that's the rules of praying. You know, Jesus himself, he gave us an encouragement about how to pray in fact, before he taught his disciples how to pray in the, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, the, the, the verses before that um, in Matthew 6, Jesus says these wonderful words. He says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the streets, corners for others to be seen. So prayer is not about being boastful or being full of yourself, but being humble. So don't be like those. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, 
Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will will reward you. And then I love this next line in verse 7. When you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Not to be babbling, thinking that um, big words or the amount of passion or length of prayer is going to make any difference in our prayer life. To not be like them, because in fact, Jesus says our Father actually knows our needs before we even utter them. He knows our needs before we utter them. So our God is a relational God. Why would we speak to him in a formal language? In fact, when we look at the um, passage in Philippians 4, the, as we know, there are many translations of, of the Bible, and the NIV says, present your requests to God. Now, personally, I, I don't like this translation because it kind of comes across like, you know, in the old English times when a young lady had to sort of be in society, she would come and be presented before the king and then she was in society. This is young Joanna Smith from the Earl of whatever and she bows and she's presented to the king and then she's in society. It's like this kind of formal thing. I I present my request to God. Do you know in the original Greek, it's more like... Let your needs be known. Let your needs be known. When we're praying, we are just simply not babbling. We're not being proud and boastful. We're, not using, we're just simply letting our needs be known. In fact, I've got another, another couple of translations here. The NLT says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> I love that. Tell God what you need. And thank him for what he's done. So tell God what you need. Uh, Eugene Peterson's message translation. Do not fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Letting God know your concerns. Now, I want to keep reading this because I actually love the language here. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Isn't that beautiful? It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. And the New King James Version says, Be anxious for nothing. There's the title of our series. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So in praying, we are letting our needs be known. Now, um, I, as you know, am a father of six wonderful children who are here this morning, and I know that each child who is individual lets me know their needs in an individual way, and it would probably be the same uh, for you. Now, I'm not going to embarrass them this morning. Uh, they're here. I'm not going to say the names, but I'm going to say that one of them, when they want to let their needs be known, will want to make a private appointment and want to talk to you. There is another one of my children that starts a sentence with, hey, Dad, and I know to, to prick my ears up, because when I hear the, hear the words, hey, Dad, 
I know what's going to come next. There's going to be a request for something. Hey, Dad, I have another child who doesn't really use words um, but just raises their arms and goes, hmm? And I know exactly what their needs are. And I have one one little one who I'm sure you can guess who it is who doesn't have really many words at all but he yells and he lets his needs be known in a very loud and audible way. (laughs) Each child shares and lets their needs be known individually and so it is with us when when we come to our Father. How do we let our needs be known? When you pray, do not keep babbling, thinking that they will be heard but your Father knows your needs before you ask him. So you can ask, you can sing, you can sigh. Do you know that God understands the language of sigh and groan? You can even shout and yell. He's big enough to handle it. In fact, I came across one of the most impressive prayers I've ever come across. and I'm going to share it with you this morning. It's this prayer right here. Now, Mike has been um, compiling our corporate prayers and he's been grabbing prayers and I don't know, maybe he's going to publish it or something. But Mike, maybe you might want to add that one into the the, the prayer list because I think that's quite a profound prayer. I've prayed that prayer many times. Now, I, as a loving dad, love it when my kids come to me because I love them and care for them. In fact, last week we we talked about this passage in 1 Peter. It says, humble yourselves, therefore. Again, there's the sense of humility when we come to prayer. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he will lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. In the same way that I care for my kids, our Father cares for us and he longs for us to bring our needs to him in prayer. Now, I found... What's the time? Yeah, I'm going to say it. Um, I found it interesting that this is Peter writing these words here. Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand. And as I was researching this passage, I came across a commentator who said, isn't it interesting that this is Peter who experienced that uh, time of walking on the water that we, we spoke of a few weeks back, where he looked at Jesus and was able to walk on the water, but when he looked at his surrounding circumstances, the wind and the waves, his, the things that could cause anxiety, he was sinking and what happened in that moment of his sinking and his, and his despair? Jesus there reached out his hand and he pulled him up, didn't he? And here in this verse, Peter's saying, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Isn't that a beautiful image as Peter experienced that firsthand? And he writes about it here, that he might lift us up. You know, I wonder if sometimes in our anxiety and in our in our sorrow and our suffering it's not so much the suffering as it's the problem it's the fact that we're not reaching out we're not lifting up our hand for for him to pull us up and that's precisely what prayer is it's letting our needs be known it's it's bringing our requests to god in prayer
that he would lift us up out of it. So it says in in Matthew, in, in that passage, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now you might then ask the question, why pray? Why pray if God knows our needs, if he knows our circumstances? Why is it that we are encouraged to pray? I want to just quickly talk about four things as I finish. First thing, first reason why it's important to pray is that it's good to let it out. It's good to simply talk about it. Uh, now, we know for the women here and the women looking online, you guys have known this for a long time. You've known this your whole lives because you're very good at it. In sharing your burdens and your needs with one another, you're very good at, at, at letting it out and, and, and carrying that. Guys, we need to, to step up and know that there's some benefit in sharing and talking about it. In fact, I came across this true illustration of a young pastor just out of Bible college and one of his parishioners was, was coming in to talk and have a counselling session and he was feeling nervous. It's his first time he kind of really did it. And for, for hours this person came in and, and talking about their troubles, their, their relationship difficulties, their financial difficulties, uh, their internal turmoil. And the whole time this young pastor was going, Oh, what am I going to say about that? What, how am I going to help this person? What what scripture verses am I going to say? What what, what am I going to pray? And feeling more and more nervous. And after a couple of hours of this person just sharing and, and spilling out their whole life story and the pain and the suffering, the, the person got up and said, thank you so much for helping me today and, and walked out of the office. And the pastor wrote in their diary that day, I don't know what I did, for I did not say one single word to this person. And so it is when we pray, when we pray to God, so often it's because it, 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 there's a sense of release of letting God know our needs, letting him know of our circumstances. And so we, we pray. Uh, Ruth Graham famously uh, said these words, pray when you feel like it. For it is a sin to neglect such an opportunity, but also pray when you don't feel like it, for it is a danger to remain in such a condition. It's a danger to remain in a condition where the the anxiety, the the, the suffering is is holding us down. Uh, the benefit of praying is that it gets it out, it releases it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that communi- communication builds relationship. Uh, if any of you have done any marriage course, uh, any marriage course or relationship course, they will say the number one thing in marriage is communication. And it's the same uh, when it comes to prayer. We are in communion with a relational God. Therefore, we relate via communication. We share and we talk with our God. We are not alone. And that builds relationships. If you ever want to grow in a relationship with somebody, you talk and you share with them. And so it is with our relationship with God. And what prayer does, it is heightens and it grows and it builds our relationship because we are sharing and communicating. Sec- uh, thirdly, why do we pray? It acknowledges our need for a higher authority. 
Now, we, as, as a, again, a youth pastor, often a great illustration of what sin is, is you put the word up sin, and in the very centre of sin is the letter I. And, and that's a great illustration isn't it, of, of what sin is. Uh, in a similar way, isn't it interesting that the, is it the English language or is there something in this? In anxiety, what is right there in the centre of anxiety? Again, it is the letter I. And I wonder if that's because, again, going to that analogy of the, the warning light on the car, when we're anxious, we think it's up to me. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do something about this. What prayer does is it acknowledges that I actually can't. I have no power. I have no authority. I have no control. And therefore, I need to appeal to, I need to petition, I need to pray to, I need to ask someone who does have power, someone who is in authority to do something about it. In fact, in the a passage in, in Philippians, I come across these, these big words, supplication. And the definition of supplication is the act of asking someone who is in a position of power for something in a humble way. That's what it means when Paul says, by prayer and supplication in some transition, translations. In other translations, it says by prayer and petition. Now, we know a petition is a formal request, often signed by many people, appealing to authority in respect to a particular cause. We, we partition, we ask. In fact, around, around the, the teaching, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find it. Knock and the door will be open. There's a sense of petitioning, of supplicationing. Is that a word? Um, coming to God, acknowledging that he has the power. He has the control. Not me. I came across these great words by John Newton, the author of uh, Amazing Grace, uh, when he's talking about prayer. He says this, Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions, there's that word, with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. Isn't that beautiful? Thou art coming to the manufacturer to the one who is in authority, to the one who is all-powerful, to the king. Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. There is nothing that you can ever ask that is too big for God to handle. And so why pray? It's acknowledging our need to appeal to a higher authority. And fourthly, and this is where I want to end this morning, is a result of prayer is an overwhelming sense of God's presence. Willie prayed that in the corporate prayer this morning, that we might know his presence. That we might know his presence. And Paul talks about it, that the peace of God would come uh, as we pray. We need the Lord's presence. And... I find it interesting that uh, in Matthew, when he talks about the Lord's Prayer, beforehand we talked about those words. In Luke's account, after speaking about the the Lord's Prayer, Jesus then goes into some more teaching, and he says these words. He says, Which of you fathers, 
If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or ask for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, yeah, thanks, Lord. <laughs> you, though, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those you ask? Now, I was reading this passage because what came to mind as I was thinking about it was in prayer was, was this passage. And in my mind it said, the Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who love him. And then I came across the word, give the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that Jesus here, in the, talking about the context of prayer, talking about the context of, of asking and seeking and knocking, then talks about how good our Father is and he, how he will respond to that. And what is the response? Is it the answer to prayer? Is it the, it, the all the details? Is it is it whatever? No, it's the Holy Spirit that He gives and and grants. And of course, when Jesus talks about in John the the coming of the Spirit, it's in the context of the disciples being concerned about Jesus uh, exiting, and He says, "Don't don't be concerned, for I'm going to send another, a Comforter, to be with you." The, the paraclete, the one that goes before, the one that works on your behalf to be with you. And so one of the benefits of prayer is that his spirit is actually present and, and comes to us. In fact, if I was to think about any of the stories, particularly in the Old Testament, of people facing big difficulty or a big job to do, being asked to do something, whether it be Moses or Joshua or Elijah or Abraham or whoever it is. Isn't it interesting that in pretty much most of those cases, when they call out to God, God answers with his presence. Moses, there's God, the burning bush, appearing to him. Joshua, the angel, pre-incarnate Christ, comes and encourages him. Jacob wrestles with God. Almost every time, Abraham. Abraham, when faced with this call on his life to be a father to, to a new nation, that his offspring would be a new nation, and he had no children at the age of 99, he lets his needs be known to God. And he says, how is this possible? And the word of the Lord came to Abraham and he says, Son, who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look at the sky, count the stars. Indeed, if you can count them. And then he said, so shall your offering be. As I was reading uh, this this passage this week, uh, one commentator said this, See, Abraham had a very specific question for God. The God who at one point promised to make him a great nation. Abraham and Sarah were childless, so how exactly was God planning to keep his promise? Abraham let his needs be known. He raised the issue respectfully, humbly, addressing the promise maker as a sovereign Lord. Now, listen to this. God did not answer with a specific time. He didn't give Abraham a due date to plan around. Instead, God reiterated his promise and offered an object lesson. 
Of course, Abraham could not count the stars in the sky, neither was he able to count his descendants. But in the meantime, God gave him no real specifics. Then it says this, Sometimes when you have questions for the Lord, he may answer you only with his presence. And his presence will sustain you more than any details you thought you wanted. Isn't that beautiful? His presence will sustain you more than any details you thought you wanted. When God answers your prayers with his presence, sometimes that will be truly all that we need. He promises the Holy Spirit to those that ask him. So why pray? Because it enables it to be out and that helps us. It builds our relationship with a relational God. It acknowledges our need for a higher authority to do something. And ultimately, the benefit of his presence comes amongst us. I'm going to invite the worship team up now. And we are going to sing a song. And I just really wanted to reiterate and and speak about this last point because I think it's really important. Whatever you are going through in your life right now, whatever anxieties are rising, whatever worries and fears are there, I want you to just be presenting that to God this morning. Uh, You in your homes as you're you're sitting there, as the, the band play, And as we invite the Holy Spirit for his presence to be real and for that to be the sustaining thing that we need, would you join me as I pray? Lord, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that we know that nothing can separate us from that love as Nadine shared this morning that no trial or pain or suffering. In fact, you promise to be closer with us in our time of need. You promise to be our rock and our sustainer. And Jesus, you promise the Holy Spirit that his presence would be enough. And so, Lord, as people in their homes right now and people here in the church, as they humbly come to you, And as they tell you their need, as they let their requests be known, Lord, we pray that your presence would fall. Lord, we pray for your spirit to be moving. Lord, in every home where every person listening to this is aware of their needs, and as they speak them out, as they let them be known, as they get them off their chest. Lord, may your presence fall. Lord, may they appeal to you who has the power, who has the authority, who is the king on the throne and who knows all things, that you would just let your presence fall. And Lord, we might not know details. We might not have answers. We might not know specifics. But Lord, may your presence be enough. Lord, may your presence be enough.
I invite you just to remain seated. And for those thoughts, those prayers to arise as as the band sings. As we bring our weary hearts now to Jesus. You at home, you might want to kneel. You might want to lift your hands. Have this moment, particularly if you're alone, to be in communion with God. Let that build your relationship. Let's sing. Bringing me your needs right now. Tell him what you need. forsake us, that you go before us. And Lord, as we continue to bring our needs to you, may you continue to shower us with your love and your presence, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now as we're just singing that last song, I was just just wondering if there's anything anyone perhaps wanted to share. Great. Come on up, Mike. Same for the opportunity. Um, some years ago, uh, my dear elder sister uh, died uh, very tragically. Uh, she was very ill for a short while, and and uh, I climbed on a plane to to go home and see her uh, before she died. And uh, I arrived uh, at the airport at lunchtime, and uh, Sue had passed away at eight o'clock that morning. And um, I was quite devastated for two reasons. One is that uh, she was my elder sister who, when our family uh, split up, uh, she 
really took me under her wing and we went off together and she really mothered me as a young teenager. And secondly, I'd often tried to share the Lord with her and she would close me down. She never never gave me the opportunity. Every time I'd raise the subject, she'd, she'd close me down. And so I'm lying in the bed that night going, Lord, what's this all about? Well, I don't, I don't understand. You know, I've, I've come to... And, and she's gone and I, I haven't been able to say thank you and I haven't been able to tell her about you. And then into my mind just came all these scriptures from, uh, from Sunday school, you know, from, well, not from Sunday, from, from early Christian, Christian stories from the Bible. And the Holy Spirit kept saying, and that is true, and that is true, and that is true, and that is true. And at the end of it, just what you said, there was no answers to the prayer of saying, Lord, what, I don't understand. But the Lord's presence was with me, and it was as real as I'm standing here, as the Lord's just speaking. You know, you don't have to understand, but know that I'm with you. I just wanted to share this with you because it's about what Sam's talking about, prayer and how to pray. Um, I was in Bali a year and a half ago and I was really worried because business was slow, I had debts to pay, I didn't know what to do, I was in a really bad mess. And so I decided every day I would write to God on a page. And so yesterday I found this journal and I read the whole lot and it just... I just saw every, how I'd poured my heart out to God every day, telling him, Lord, today I can't even write. And and just every day just pouring out my heart. And having read it yesterday, he fulfilled all my prayers over a period of time. And I just thought sometimes when you're really down and you can't find the words to say, get a piece of paper and a pencil. And, and you know, it's amazing how that helps. Thank you. Or maybe one of those boards with the letters on it and you can jumble them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that concludes our, our service this morning. Uh, pray God's blessing on you as you go from here and blessing on you guys uh, at home as well. Uh, if you do have any prayer requests, just be aware that we have our intercessory team that would be loving to pray for you. And while Carol's away, let uh, Ali know. If you have any specific needs and you just love us as a church to just get alongside you and to be praying for you, please do that and, and know that we'll, we will be praying and, and supplicating uh, God to, to be doing something in it. So bless you all and we'll let you know what's going to be happening for next week uh, as restrictions continue to change. Uh, we're continuing to, to do our best to always be doing something for us as a church community. So just stay in touch and we'll see you again next week. Thank you.